welcome to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Seth Wolcott. You're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us in preparation of Week 6. I'm your host, as always, Seth Wolcock. You can find me on the Twitter bird at DFF underscore Seth W. Got a packed show for you on a Friday morning. Hot Take Jake, he's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes for some around the league. I'm going to be bringing you a brand new start sitting Seth. And stick around for some In The Scope later to round it out. But before anything, I'd like to thank Around The League sponsor. In Between Family. Are you tired of the same old beer distributors in Indiana? Are you tired of paying too much for the same old thing? Well, Shalakta Beer Outlet and Shalakta PA has got you covered. Shalakta Beer Outlet has nine different flavors of alcoholic slushies to choose from for only $7 each. It's family owned and operated and they sell domestic, craft, seltzer, six-pack singles, and beer cases. If you're ready to stock up seriously for your football Sunday, look no further than Shalakta Beer Outlet. And welcome back to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. It was a wild week five in the NFL, a wild week in the fantasy realm. We're joined this week by Hot Take, Jake Taylor. You can find him on the bird, on the gram, at Jake Taylor 8726 Jake, how you doing today, man? Fantastic, Seth. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk fantasy football, all things football all the time. Absolutely, man. I heard you might have some steamy takes for us. Is that true? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're steamiest. <laughs> all right. All right, man. So let's start here in a wide look at the league after week five. It was the most 40-point scores ever in a week. This week we had five 40-point scores. We've never had over four before. We've had a lot of threes, a lot of twos, certainly a lot of ones. But this week, CMC goes over the top. Once again, 48.2 points for him. He's on pace for one of the most historic fantasy football seasons ever. Will Fuller kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, 14 receptions, 217 yards, and three TDs for him. And he was stopped short twice of the goal line, so it could have been five touchdowns for him on the day. His QB, Deshaun Watson, also benefits from Fuller's big day. 41.7 points for Deshaun Watson. Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones. It finally happens this week. 19 rushes, 107 yards, four rushing TDs adding 7 for 175 through the air. Michael Thomas rounds out the 40-point scores with 11 receptions, 182 yards, and 2 TDs. Jake, what do you make of this kind of crazy historic week that we just saw in the fantasy realm? I definitely think it's a product of the of the game, uh, the modern era of football especially. I mean, yeah, we had... I see it. Okay, CMC's a different story. He's just a different, he's a different beast. But like on this whole list... Look at Wolf War, Michael Thomas, Deshaun Watson. That just shows that the ball was just being thrown through the air. Aaron Jones, uh, I think, I'm not sure how what the longest of his touchdown runs were, but they weren't genuinely very long. So, I mean, Rodgers gets him down to the goal line, run Jones in. But I think it's because this high-scoring, high-flying action now in the NFL, it's not so much pound the ball down your throat. It's kind of 
They're getting fancy with it. The running backs are catching passes, which obviously helps boost up the points for fantasy-wise. So I think it's just the product of the game now. I think the role changes over the last couple of years might benefit to that as well. We know we can challenge interference now, so I feel like defenders are being even a little more cautious. Rather than draw that foul, they're going to let it play out. One person I wanted to hit on specifically here, I know you had some thoughts on Christian McCaffrey. Dude, this guy is doing it all for the Panthers. The only reason the Panthers, I feel like, are 3-0 and since Cam Newton's absence is Christian McCaffrey. This guy's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He got, he got a little banged up here in Week 5, but what do you think of McCaffrey moving forward here, Jake? Oh, I love McCaffrey moving forward. McCaffrey was – I wanted to draft McCaffrey so bad in both my leagues. I didn't get him because he is just that – he is just a fantasy guy. It's just – you can have – maybe there's some better running backs in the NFL, but fantasy-wise, no one will be better than McCaffrey, especially now with Newton out. I think they have to base the offense – with Kyle Allen in there around McCaffrey because obviously you've seen it's working I mean with Cam Newton in there I think Cam Newton was more of a gunslinger he was more of a kind of do his do his own thing you know he wanted to make the plays but now the system uh they have um Ron Rivera I think good coach over there so you buy into the system like that Kyle Allen is going to be looking to use McCaffrey the rest of the season because I don't see Cam Newton coming back And if he does, a short one-game leash probably won't play too well, and Allen will be back in there, and McCaffrey's going to make the Kessel run. (laughs) Absolutely, man. It's uh, it's kind of a testament to me to his off-season work and how much he cares about this game. I mean, we saw pictures in the off-season of this guy just absolutely jacked, and I think that carries over for sure. And it was kind of funny, a quote from him after the game. Someone asked about the injury, and he just said he cramped up a little bit. He was good to go, but he said it's unexcusable. He can't have that happen. So I think that just again test of this guy's character, this guy's work ethic. Oh yeah, he's just he's a workhorse, man. He's he's going to go for MVP. I think he's going to keep it up. So Will Fuller here, Jake. He's kind of a guy who kind of just shot out of a cannon this week. Went from a wide receiver who is in the 60s on the season all the way up to wide receiver eight. What do you see for Fuller moving forward, or do you think this is just a flash in the pan or a hot take, if you would? <laughs> I, I think this is what Will Fuller is. I think this is who he is. He's got those games where it's just monstrous. He's just balling out 200 yards, three touchdowns. And I definitely think that that goes for uh, – it's going to be – you're going to have to look for the defensive matchups here. If they're shutting down – if, say, they're playing a team like – with a good corner, shut down DeAndre Hopkins. Deshaun Watson's going to be looking for Will Fuller because he's such a deep threat, and so is Deshaun Watson. So it's a, it, it's, it's a perfect matchup there in Houston. Everybody thought Will Fuller was going to be having a better season, but I think, it, I, I mean, he's coming off injury. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how long it takes him to get going, but I think this game, definitely, you better watch out for Will Fuller up to here in the few coming weeks, especially next week. He's playing the Chiefs, and the Chiefs secondary is abysmal. Do you have any concerns for DeAndre Hopkins moving forward? Do you, again, think this is just a product of game flow, a product of the opposing team just phasing him out of the game? Yeah, I think I, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be producing the same as he did the last few years. It's rare for a player to be that consistent. I mean, even if you look over at Julio Jones, Julio Jones didn't catch a touchdown for like a big amount of games, double digits amount of games in a row that he didn't catch a touchdown. So if you're looking for production on that end, I mean, it. It, it, the only consistent wide receiver in the NFL has been Antonio Brown, but he's not even in the NFL anymore. So I think that you want to really look at these secondary players like Fuller, 
like uh, Calvin Ridley over in Atlanta. Players like that, I think they have huge upside. Yeah, the Mike Williams, the uh, Ted Ginns of the world. I We touched a little bit mm-hmm. on those last season that these second-year wide receivers at that time uh, could you know have a great year. We saw it last year with Juju. You're predicting it again here moving forward this season with these guys. All right, I want to take you to Pittsburgh, Jake. Shut up and drink your beer. A place you and I both know a little too much about, unfortunately, after the way this season is unraveled. Uh, Rudolph went out with one of the most devastating concussions I've I've probably ever seen in the league. I mean, he looked, I don't mean to make light of an injury, but he looked dead on the field for a minute. Yeah, he did look dead. It was, it was very scary. It was The scariest part was when they were shaking him, and he was just, when the other players around him were visibly taken back by it, it was it was pretty heavy. Right, yeah, we most saw Juju faint as he kind of walked over to him. It was kind of a weird re- reaction from the receiver out of that. But Devlin Hodges comes in the game. He's a guy I liked to see in training camp. I thought maybe Josh Dobbs had to worry about his job security moving forward. They moved Dobbs out of town, we know that. But Hodges comes in, and I don't know if it was just the hit to Rudolph that really sparked the offense, but the offense looked good the rest of the way. Jake, what do you think about Devlin Hodges and the Steelers' offense moving forward? And do you think that was just kind of a flash in the pan because uh, they were motivated to get after it after their quarterback went down after that gruesome hit? Oh, yeah, certainly. I think they were definitely motivated. They was at home against a division rival, Baltimore Ravens. They had momentum. The defense was giving them all the everything to be excited about in the world. And I think Hodges came in. The biggest surprise to me was how comfortable he looked. He was smiling. He was laughing on the sideline. He looked comfortable in the pocket. He made a huge run. But um, going forward now, I think, I mean, even if it was a few drives that Hodges had, that's enough film on him to to be a little bit more wary. It's like it, Baltimore had no, no idea he was going to make that big run and kind of, you know, and – get the offense rolling, get the offense flowing. And so now you just have to put a man on it, put a little bit of a spy on him, make sure he's not too active in the pocket, put some pressure on him. I don't think he's going to perform like that. I mean, he is a third-string quarterback for a reason. And so um, the uh, Pittsburgh's offense is abysmal as it is. I mean, last year, James Conner rushed a few touchdowns in. I think it was 12, but he was still, they were still 31st in rushing efficiency. I think it's still bad this year. They lost Mike Munchek, offensive line coach. The offensive line looks pretty weak. Um, they're running Jalen Samuels, splitting time with Connor for a reason as well because Connor can't produce as well. He and actually, James Connor, since he came into the league, out of all running backs, he goes down the most after first contact. So he's not very big on big plays. Yes, he'll get into the end zone. Yes, he'll catch some balls, but I think with Rudolph out, uh, I can't see anybody having a big game. Not even Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna combat you here. I think Devlin Hodges may be the spark the Steelers need. Uh, again, he's a guy who didn't play at a big school. He's coming out of Samford, but I think that maybe this again is the spark they need. And I think Tomlin may be a little concerned about his job security moving forward. Again, they've had some injuries, so it can't all be on the coaching staff, but. I think it's going to light a fire here. And to be honest, after two and a half, three games of Mason Rudolph, I wasn't overly impressed. But mm-hmm. that last, you know, little bit with Hodges there, I that was probably the best Steelers offense I've seen all season. So gives me some hope moving forward. But Jake, if you're an owner of James Conner, Juju Smith, 
Are are you trying to trade them as fast as you can after this news? Oh yeah, uh, I've been trying to trade them. I, uh, I'm not too. I love the Steelers. You know, I, I've wiped out too many tear, tears with my terrible towel this year already. So, um, Juju Smith, I think just it, it was a testament to see if he was going to be number one wide receiver with Ben in there. He was. He's still untested even with Roethlisberger. So I don't think he's going to be. He, there's better options than him all across the board. Wide receivers are a dime a dozen, and I think you can just get better value from him with without him. All right, you heard it here first. Hot take saying to sell those Steeler players. You know that's got to be a little bit of heartbreak for him, being a yes. Pittsburgh kid himself. So <laughs> what do you say? You want to jump into some buy or sell real quick here, hot take? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy or sell. I do three 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 put a four set put a four now four now five put a five put a five now four 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 now has eighty four four now five 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 eighty five. All right, so I want to start in Jacksonville. DJ Chark Jr. Chark, not Shark, as they're saying. He's wide receiver number five on the season. This guy is continuing to put up every single week. Went over thirty points after two touchdowns from Minshew Mania. Are you believing in Chark Jr. and Minshew Mania moving forward, or do you think this is an obvious buy sell? on the second year pro you know what i was thinking of, i was thinking about scrapping it you know i don't think they're going to keep it up however i was looking more into it and um their schedule is looking easy then for jacksonville in the upcoming games they have new orleans which is going to be a test but you look at godwin just eight against them last week so and james winston and then they go to cincinnati they have the jets they have houston they have indianapolis and then they have Tennessee. Tennessee's battle tested. They got a good defense there. But other than that, I think all the secondaries are wide open. And I mean, if Mitch Mania can keep it up, we see this year after year, quarterbacks come in, they get hot, they play well for a while, a few a few weeks, about five weeks. And uh, and then they get a little bit cooled off, a little bit too much film gets watched on them. They kind of get figured out. So I think that you kind of have to test the waters and be a little bit weir- weary for that with Minshew Mania because uh, the magic can only last so long. You saw Fitz Magic last year and true magic this year. Right. Uh, it, sometimes it's a little bit overhyped, but you still love to see it. And I think that the schedule really bears in their favor, though. Do you think Nick Foles regains his starting job when he returns, or do you think this is Minshew's team moving forward? Well, it's definitely Minshew's team moving forward. Uh, we're going to have to see how he plays in the next few weeks before Foles comes back. But if he keeps his level of play up, I think this is Minshew's team. Okay. All right. Uh, another receiver you just touched on was Chris Godwin, uh, the Penn Stater. He is having an absolute monster season. Kind of looks like he's overtaking Mike Evans in that wide receiver one role for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's wide receiver one total in fantasy football right now after a, another solid week five performance. Jake, what are you seeing from Chris Godwin here? And are you selling him right now? as the number one wide receiver as you can probably get more value than you ever could before or are you hanging on to him and seeing how it plays out i think selling him would be a would be a good take honestly uh we just mentioned it earlier that the that because mike evans is being so heavily guarded that uh, godwin just opened it just opens up the field for godwin i, I you just can't trust james winston you can't trust them and you can't trust the tampa bay buccaneers and last year he started the season in his first five in his first five games he also had four he had four touchdowns i believe so he started last year pretty hot as well and uh i just don't i just can't trust the puck in the years i can't trust james winston so i, I just I'd, I'd sell him for sure 
Yeah, it seems like any time you trust someone down in Tampa Bay, you end up boned. We've seen that a couple of yeah. times in the past here. Uh, Godwin does have 33 receptions, 511 yards, and six TDs on the season. And it's not these big plays that we're seeing out of people like we saw Fuller last week. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, if he can continue to produce and what happens to Mike Evans. Again, Mike Evans might be a tasty buy low for you if you're out on the market for a potential wide receiver one who is not performing yet. Oh, I agree with that 100%. So last, uh, last buy or sell here for you. I touched on it last week with Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports. Austin Eckler, he was RB2 on the season coming into week five. He exits week five as RB2 as well. 15 receptions in this one for Austin Eckler. I'm not sure if you caught the end of that game there, Jake, but it seemed like all the Chargers were willing to do is check it down to Austin Eckler, get about five yards, and the Broncos were letting them have it every time. What do you think about Austin Eckler moving forward? I think he makes that offense flow. I think he makes the offense much better than they would be. I would be – I don't know if I was the char- if I were the Chargers how eager I would be to integrate Melvin Gordon so heavily into the workload because um, – Honestly, Eckler, I mean, they're not winning these games. They're not winning games that they should be winning. But I don't think it's because of Austin Eckler being the running back. I honestly think they're much better with him in back there. I think he adds a new dimension to that offense. And, I mean, if Phillip Rivers can't be airing the ball out like like he normally can, I think it's a great pick to keep Eckler. He's a workhorse. Yeah, they lost some pieces on defense in the offseason early this season as well. So I think that's hurting the Chargers as well. Mike Williams is banged up. No Hunter Henry. I think Keenan Allen's kind of just getting phased out by opposing defenses. So I think Eckler, again, uh, like you said, kind of helps that, and I don't think any of the losses are on him. And let's face it, Jake, going into next year, Melvin Gordon might not even be on this team, if we're being honest. So, oh, yeah. And I think they could get Eckler on a pretty good deal. I think he's willing to put in the work. So, yeah, I'm definitely with you on holding Austin Eckler there. So, last thing I want to talk to you about, Jake, and then we'll get you out of here. Hot takes for the rest of the season, man. This is kind of where mm-hmm. this is your brand. This is your bread and butter. What do you got for us? Yeah, I don't know how hot they. I don't know how hot they are, but I think they're they're definitely good. They're definitely good takes. But you know, all my hot takes are good takes. So I don't know what I'm saying here. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, for quarterback, I'm gonna say Russell Wilson is gonna end up leading quarterbacks in fantasy football this year. For running backs, it's gonna be Dalvin Cook. And for wide receivers, it's going to be Cooper Cup. You can walk it in right now. Those three positions, quarterback, Wilson, running back, Cook, and wide receiver, Cooper Cup. Them, They're the best players on their team, I think. I think they're the players that make their offense the best. And uh, especially Cup. I think Cooper Cup is that just that key piece. If Cooper Cup played last year in the postseason, they would have won the Super Bowl because he just he's Jared Goff's boy. And that offense – I mean, any player's deadly, but I think Cooper Cup definitely takes the cake. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Cooper Cup, wide receiver one for the rest of the way. Jake's calling it now. Uh, I definitely think you have, you know, you're taking the front runner in Wilson, so that's not too hot of a take. But uh, Dalvin Cook overtaking CMC Eckler, uh, you know, that's a little bit, that's a little bit steamy. And then I, I definitely think Cooper Cup's a great receiver. But wide receiver one, that's some high praise. So that's a hot one. I guess we'll see how that plays out. I want to throw one back at you real quick, Jake. What, tell me what you mm-hmm. think. Kyler Murray, when it's all said and done, he's going to be a top three QB at the end of the season. 
Reason I say this is he's QB8 right now, and we've seen how atrocious this Cardinals red zone offense is. He only has six TDs on the season. I think if he can even just get that up to a league minimum of red zone percentage completion, that I think he could take advantage of his legs, take advantage of some poor upcoming matchups. And I think when it's all said and done, the kid from Oklahoma, he brings it in. No, I like that. I don't think Baker will be too happy about it, though, but I, I like that day. Yeah, after uh, after Baker got negative two for my team last night, <laughs> don't don't really have much love for him moving forward here. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it up. <laughs> it's okay. I lost by 13 yards. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one, man. That's yeah. a tough one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jake, again for joining us. You can follow Hot Take and all his steamy takes on the Twitter, on the gram, at Jake Taylor, 8726. Keep it real, man. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Seth. In between fam, I'd like to take this time to thank our newest sponsor at the pen, Taylor on Tap. Taylor on Tap is a custom clothing company focused on helping students set themselves apart from the competition. By working with Taylor on Tap, you'll be getting the best design possible, catered to your style while staying within your budget. The Taylor on Tap team will be here at IUP on October 15th and the 25th from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. in the Hub School Kill Room. Again, that's October 15th and 25th in the Hub School Kill Room. While on campus, Taylor on Tap expert consultants will be taking your measurements to help you build your perfect wardrobe or help you round out an existing one. To book your appointment today, you can email contact at taylorontap.com or call 833-729-4748. Again, that's taylorontap at contact at taylorontap.com or by calling 833-729-4748. Start, sit, and Seth. Uh-huh. Hey. Excuse me, son. Can I see your identification? Hey. I wanna walk into the mall. Tell them that I'm taking off. Hey. Dropping from the roof. Hey. What's gonna break my fall? Hey. I think I might go on and on. Yeah, we got another Start, Sit, and Seth coming your way. This one's entitled Start, Sit, and Some Pittsburgh Rap Legends. This one talks about how when I get stuck in writing, get stuck in life a little bit, all I have to do is put on my headphones, throw on a little two of my favorite rap legends, also both hailing from Pittsburgh. That's Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller. Oh, oh, oh. So what? I keep them rolled up, sagging my pants, not caring what I show. Keep it real with my niggas, keep it playing for these hoes. It look clean, don't it? Watched it the other day, watch how you lean on it. Eat me some 501 jeans on it, roll joints bigger than King Kong's fingers. And smoke them hoes down to they stingers. You a class clown, and if I skip for the damn with your bitch smoking gray you know it's And the reason I found this so relatable to fantasy football is because it's week six. This is often the time in the year where people get stuck with their teams as well. You might want to throw in the towel uh, every year in every league. This is kind of the time of year where we see who the real contenders are, who the teams at the bottom are, and then there's just a lot of teams in the middle. 
I feel that. I'm that way in a bunch of my leagues right now. So my best advice to you is get unstuck. Play some Mac, play some Wiz, whatever you got to play. Get yourself going. Make those pickups. Make those trades. Make sure you're paying attention to your starting lineup coming on Sunday. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're still in it. But don't get stuck. Listen to some Mac and Wiz. Let's get it going. A quarterback, I'd start this week. He's a bad man. Woo! This brother's on another level. I'm just trying to tell you something. Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania has officially made its way to fantasy football. The reason I'd start Gardner Minshew this week is because he's had over 16 fantasy points in every game this season. And that's including week one when he came off the bench to replace the injured Nick Foles. Oh, and his matchup this week? A Saints defense that has allowed the fifth most fancy points to opposing quarterbacks so far. On average, they're allowing 275 yards, 1.6 touchdowns per game. And I think Gardner Minshew, he's going to get it done here in week five. Start him up. A quarterback I'd sit this week. So I'm going to sit right here. Baker Mayfield from the Cleveland Browns. After a negative two performance in week five, Mayfield currently sits at QB 28 on the season. I'll be honest with you folks, I whiffed on this one, maybe bought into the hype a little too much. Uh, and this Sunday, he's facing a Seattle team that on one end, he's going to have Jadavion Clowney coming at him and Ziggy Onsaw on the other side coming at him from both ends so I'm a little worried about that especially because Mayfield who's constantly been under duress this season has a tendency to roll to the right a little bit I don't think this bows well for OBJ either in this one but we can see that Seattle secondary has been a little poor coming into the season and I just think until Cleveland gets this pass protection situation figured out Mayfield is unrosterable let alone startable I think you got to drop him on your waiver as painful as that is even if you spent you know somewhere between an 8 and a 10th round pick on him. I think it's time to let go and cut bait, at least until they get that offensive line fixed moving forward. Let's talk about some running backs I'd start this week. I used to play running back. Adrian Peterson, all day, baby. He's back. And I want to get something straight right off the bat. I'm not saying go out and start Adrian Peterson this week over a bunch of top 25 backs. However, Times are tough at the position, and Peterson has some nice RB2 upside this week. He's facing the Miami Dolphins, the worst defense against opposing running backs. Head coach Jay Gruden is gone. Colt McCoy is the third Washington quarterback to be under center within the last three weeks. I think it should be all day on Sunday for AP. They're going to lean on him. They've said that. They've come out and said that. So if you're looking for a workhorse back with some potential RB2 upside, possibly get a touchdown or two for you, look no further than all day, baby. A running back, I'd sit this week. So I'm gonna sit right here. Miles Sanders. Death taxes and running backs by committee in Philadelphia. That's been the story since head coach Doug Peterson's arrived in town a couple seasons ago. Uh, right now, Sanders is a risky flex play, especially after Peterson came out this week and hinted that backfield mate Jordan Howard, who has four touchdowns over the last two games, could be in line for some more carries. I will say he did say in that press conference as well that he will not neglect Sanders if he gets the hot hand, but I'm not starting a running back in hopes that he gets the hot hand against a Minnesota defense that's fifth against opposing running backs this season. 
as much as I loved Miles Sanders coming into the season, I hope you traded him a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was a sell-high candidate for me going back a few weeks ago. So if not, I think you got to ride it out here. Maybe there are brighter days to come for Miles Sanders, but this week he's on my bench. A wide receiver I'd start this week. DJ Chark Jr., baby. He's Minshew's favorite target. If you haven't heard too much about DJ Chark Jr., you haven't been playing fantasy football this season. This guy is currently wide receiver 5 on the season and doesn't appear to be slowing down anytime soon. He just came off his biggest game of the season, and he's going to be facing a Saints defense that, outside Marshawn Lattimore, has not played good at all this season. I think if the trends and the stats say anything this week, it's to start DJ Chark Jr. We've seen Amari Cooper roses Saints defense. Chris Godwin did it last week as well. And I think it stays on track for DJ Chark Jr. this week. A wide receiver I'd sit this week. So I'm going to sit right here. Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh. Uh, it's been a rough week. It's been a rough season for Pittsburgh fans. And the one bright spot I will say has been rookie Deontay Johnson. Uh, he's been impressive so far, and he and now he will take another step up on the depth chart with James Washington dealing with an injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. But I think Deontay Johnson, if you want to roster him through his bye after this week, he's a good bench stash. Uh, he's facing the Chargers this week. And Devlin Hodges, while he again, he came in, he played great. We were talking about that earlier with Jake. I think it's too risky of a play to start Deontay Johnson against a Chargers defense that has only allowed... Just a little over 11 receptions per game, 150 yards to opposing wide receivers. With that being said, though, again, I think he is a roster stash moving forward. I think Devlin Hodges or Mason Rudolph can figure things out moving forward here. After the Steelers buy in Week 7, they're going to be facing the Miami Dolphins in Week 8. I think that's where you can start up Deontay Johnson and get some points. But for right now, he's on the bench. And that's it this week for Start Sitting Seth. Be right back with some In The Scope after a quick word from our sponsors. Stay with us. Crimson Hawk Rentals has got you covered with pet-friendly apartments for the 2020-21 school year. Crimson Hawk Rentals believes that the atmosphere students live in is vital to their academic success. And all of CHR's properties are conveniently located within walking distance of IUP. Enjoy the convenience of being close to campus while experiencing the off-campus living benefits. To schedule your tour today, go to crimsonhawkrentals.com or call 724-465-9040. Again, that's Crimson Hawk Rentals at crimsonhawkrentals.com or call 724-465-9040 today. In the scope. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome back to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to round out the show with some In The Scope. Again, this is from my In The Scope column that you can find at DynastyFootballFactory.com. Got a lot of great content for you over there, whether you like Dynasty, Devi, IDP, DFS, Redraft, whatever it may be. Head over to DynastyFootballFactory.com to check it out today. So, My first in-the-scope target for the week is going to be Zay Jones. 
This is a guy who you actually may not have to pick up this week because the Raiders are going on to buy. And you might think, well, Seth, doesn't Zay Jones play for the Bills? Nope, not anymore. He was traded this week to Oakland for a 2021 fifth round pick. And the Raiders are currently dealing with some health issues in their already depleted wide receiver core. Uh, we know Tyrell Williams is a little banged up. He's been leading that core pretty nicely so far this season. And whether you like it or not, I think the Raiders are a pretty good team with some upside here moving forward. They're a fantasy-friendly offense. We've seen it. Tyrell Williams, he's played great. Josh Jacobs has been pretty good for fantasy football purposes. And Darren the Walrus Waller, he's been nothing short of amazing. And this isn't just about the Raiders. I think Zay Jones is a better player than gets credit for Although Jones has only totaled about 90 receptions, a little over 1,000 yards and 9 touchdowns, and a little just over 2 years with the Bills, he still holds the records for the most all-time NCAA Division I career receptions and the most receptions in a single season. I think Zay Jones has some upside moving forward. If you're willing to stash him for a week or so, or if you can think you can get him maybe before uh, Sunday game picks drop someone pick someone up that might be a good idea too but I think Zay Jones has some serious wide receiver three upside moving forward I'm gonna throw a kicker out there for you Zane Gonzalez of the Arizona Cardinals I know we normally don't talk kickers too much on this show but I think Zane Gonzalez has the opportunity to be this season's Kaimi Fairbairn last season Kaimi Fairbairn kind of came out of nowhere and surprised everyone as he finished the season as kicker one and while kickers normally an afterthought when you know, we discuss waiver wire and in the scope candidates each week, I think because of Arizona's red zone struggles thus far, where we already talked about it earlier on the show with Jake and around the league, I think unless they get that figured out, Gonzalez is going to continue to be a monster when it comes to kicking. He's leading all kickers in field goal attempts, averaging 3.4 attempts per game. That's over 13% more than any other kicker in the league. Unless Kingsbury and Kyler Murray can figure out this red zone issue, I think that Zane Gonzalez, because how easily the Cardinals can move the ball down the field, could be a monster kicker for you going forward. So if you're one of those guys, you had Goskowski, you had Adam Vinatieri not doing it for you, Matt Bryant, I feel you. I've been there. I had Goskowski, Brett Mayer in a couple leagues. I'm looking for a kicker. So keep an eye on Zane Gonzalez in Arizona. I'd also like to touch on a tight end here. Hunter Henry for the Los Angeles Chargers, currently only owned in 45.8% of leagues. Henry, he's coming off a tibia fracture that he suffered following week one. And I think now, because Anthony Lynn said beginning of the season that he was expected to be sidelined four to six weeks, that this is the time to pick up Hunter Henry. We still don't know 100% if he's going to be playing Sunday night against the Steelers. However, tight end is a disparity of a position. We've talked about it all season long. Uh, and I think Hunter Henry, he could be a spark for this Chargers offense moving forward. They don't have a lot of weapons. We touched on this earlier again with Jake. Keenan Allen, he's getting covered hard. Austin Eckler seems like their only counter to that. And I think that Hunter Henry coming back, he could be a nice target for Phillip Rivers. I think this gives Rivers a boost moving forward. And I also think Hunter Henry's a guy you need to keep in your scope moving forward. I want to round out the list here with Daryl Williams, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Likely, Williams is probably going to be cut on rosters, whatever rosters he's left after receiving zero touches in week five. Again, that's zero touches in week five. 
So why am I telling you to pick him up? Well, because while he only had zero touches, I think he's better than what people think. Uh, he actually had the same amount of snaps as LaShawn McCoy, 14. And I think if either Williams or McCoy can go down, that number will continue to grow. We've seen they like to use Daryl Williams in some different situations. I don't think he goes away. I think he could vulture some touchdowns from Damian Williams on the goal line. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, that's all the time we have for you in the scope this week. That's all the time we have for you on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We will be back next week with some brand new content for you, some special guests coming your way. So keep it in between out there and rock on this week. So what? I keep them rolled up, sagging my pants, not caring what I show. Keep it real with my niggas, keep it playing for these hoes. It look clean, don't it? Washed it the other day, watch how you lean on it. Eat me some 501 jeans on it, roll joints bigger than King Kong's fingers. And smoke them hoes down to they stingers. You a class clown, and if I skip for the damn with your bitch smoking gray. You know what?